1: Agony, the nothing personal word of the day. It is Thursday, March 16th, 2023. Agony, I feel it to all the Mets fans out there, to people just waking up and not realizing what happened. Yesterday was the best that baseball can be and the worst. Edwin Diaz, the closer for the Mets, he who just signed a five-year $100 million deal was celebrating a huge victory for the island of Puerto Rico, eliminating the Dominican Republic and making it to the quarterfinals of the World Baseball Classic. Gets the last three out, strikes out the side, takes out the behemoth Dominican Republic with the lineup of all lineups with Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Julio Rodriguez, Rafael Devers. There's no end in sight. Puerto Rico prevails. There are no schleppers themselves with their bullpen their lineup everybody converges on the mound everyone's celebrating the sold out crowd at marlins park is going crazy and all of a sudden they're waving to the dugout like hurry up come here and within the group of humanity that was jumping up and down there was a man on the ground and it was edwin diaz the closer for Puerto Rico, the closer for the New York Mets, the World Series favorite, one of the favorites to win the World Series. They, of the half a billion dollar payroll, including luxury tax payments, was wheeled off the field by an old trainer of the Florida Marlins with an obvious right leg injury. Right knee is what I suspect it is. Potentially a torn ACL, we don't know. Whatever it was, it was bad. And all of a sudden, Twitter and every other Mets fan everywhere started yelling, we're cursed, the WBC stinks, cancel it, get Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso off the WC teams of USA and Puerto Rico, respectively, get them home. Let me break this down in four levels for you as we talk about the wbc as nothing personal fans you know i told you why owners don't like the wbc they don't want their players to be injured if you watch that game you recognize even if you don't know what you're looking at that that had the intensity of a world series game the players said it themselves johnny cueto the starter for dominican republic the newly signed player for the Marlins, pitching in his home park in front of his home fans, gives up several runs in the in the third inning after two scoreless, looking as though he had just lost the home opener or a playoff game. The players themselves talking about this is Game Seven. The announcers saying it's being managed like a Game Seven. It's a winner go home game in the World Baseball Classic. It is the dream when you set up this tournament. When you put the pools together, the reason you have the Dominican and Puerto Rico and Venezuela in Florida, in Miami, is because it's Miami. You are hoping that at the end of pool play, you've got a winner go home situation. You are hoping that the atmosphere at Lone Depot Park, I call it Marlins Park, is going to be Something that will draw people's attention, get people to watch. Fox is dreaming about a matchup like this. You go to FS1, you're watching the game. Christian Vasquez hits a home run. Puerto Rico takes the lead. Juan Soto hits a home run. The pitchers, they're throwing 98, 99, 102. Edwin Diaz's brother is pitching. The closer for the Twins acquired from the Orioles, Jorge López- Pitches lights out, Diego Castillo lights out, Abreu gave up since, doesn't matter. I'm not going over the box score. I'm talking about the atmosphere. A sold out Marlins park is what I envisioned every day during construction. Every day during the negotiation to get a deal done, to get a stadium in Miami, was for the possibility of what could be in Miami. It never translated to the Marlins other than opening day in 2012. But boy, did it translate to the World Baseball Classic. In 2017, there were games involving the Dominican. I've never been a part, at least that I was hosting and working for the team that was hosting, of that atmosphere. That atmosphere was matched last night it's run by the marlins don't kid yourself our stadium operations people are running that game our in-game entertainment people are running that game it is what every employee wants you've got every deck open every concession stand open you are selling beer people are drinking people are eating they're banging pans and bells and vuvuzelas whatever they're allowed to or not allowed to do The atmosphere's electric. Everyone's tweeting, this is what Marlins Park was meant for. Baseball in Miami, it's perfect. Everything is going great. The commissioner's watching, looking forward to the semis and the finals when he will appear. He wasn't at this game that I know of. When you imagine this tournament, it all came down to this game. A pool-level game, not even the quarter semis or finals. A pool-level game With this intensity, the game goes on. Edwin Diaz is lurking the way the best closers in the game lurk at the end of a game. Don't give up an early lead. If you're Dominican, you don't want to face the Puerto Rican bullpen at a deficit. The announcers, everything. We're going to the ninth inning of a game, and that's it. FS1 disappears to chase field for the USA-Columbia game. My experience is that when a game is on TV and it goes too long, remember, no pitch clock in the WBC. If you don't realize the difference in the pace of action and in the time of game, then you're not paying attention. The WBC is being played under the old rules of MLB from last year, not the new rules this year. The games are taking Longer and three hours feels like five hours now, Jason. It feels like a long game. You are watching on FS1, and all of a sudden there's a little thing on your screen which I didn't pay attention to saying, We are switching over to the USA game for first pitch at 10.08 to continue watching this game, turn to FS2. That's not how it works. The way it's always worked is they show a game to its conclusion, and if there's another game that has already started, you put that other game on the other channel, on FS2. Then, once the first game ends, you move the second game back to the original channel of FS1. Tell me the last time you had to change a channel during a game to watch the end of a game. I'm not going to go so far as to say it's Heidi. God, that must have aged me. Coco, when I say Heidi, do you have any idea what that means? I can't hear you, but if you can unmute yourself and just tell me. Heidi, that is the example of when a game was being watched and all of a sudden it disappeared because the network changed a feed. It's called the Heidi game. You can Google it. GTS, man. That's crazy. I thought everyone would know the Heidi game no matter what the age was once the Heidi game happened, everybody was up in arms and said, never again. We are never going to break away from a sports game that is not concluded to go to our, quote, regularly scheduled programming. That's how it always ended up after the Heidi game, which is we now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. That's how it happened that 60 minutes would always start at 709 instead of 700. If you tuned in to watch 60 minutes, we will be here at the conclusion of this game. That's how it's supposed to work. Instead, I got to find FS2 on my TV. Go to FS2. Be absolutely angry. The reason that happens is, of course, there's a contract when Fox takes the World Baseball Classic. The reason the Fox is paying the money they're paying is they believe they're paying for the United States. And, you know, Trout, Betts and Alonzo, and the whole, the whole package. True, but that's having no feel. But there was a commitment that the USA games will be on the major one, FS1, not FS2, and Big Fox, not FS1. All of that is predetermined in advance, which leaves no room for interpretation of a guy in the control room. Take away the decision-making power of everybody. Make sure that nobody gets a say when there's feel involved. Make sure that you take one of the great atmospheres and you shove it right up your remote's keister. So we switch over to FS2 because, of course, anybody watching this game is switching over to watch Edwin Diaz close the game and seeing if the Dominican, which could have been the number one favorite, depending on what book you looked at, the favorite to win the tournament, about to be eliminated, obviously. You can get back and watch the World Baseball Classic USA team after the conclusion. So go back, Edwin Diaz, strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Everyone rushes the field like they won the World Series. They're jumping up and down in concert, hugging. All of a sudden they separate like the Red Sea. Everybody waves out if you're watching this on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel. You can see the gesticulation. If not, you can just hear it, which is good. We like people who just hear it, but you could do both. You could watch and listen at the same time. Then we get a double. They're waving, hurry up, get out here. You don't know if it's one of which player it is. You don't know anything. The announcers are going crazy. The fans are going crazy. They have no idea what's happening. I have no idea what's happening because I'm a cord cutter. I'm on Hulu. By definition, I'm a few seconds behind. I get a text from Coca. I figure Coca's saying, hey, I'm so happy. I'm a Mets fan. Those are my guys. I'm so happy because of his ties to Puerto Rico. Everything's great. And all he says, I want to read you the exact text as I received it with the timestamp from the producer, our producer, the esteemed, the one, the only. Yes, I'm delinks. I can't find it. Matthew Coca. Here it goes. Ready? Wait, when was this? Did you want me? Okay, that was 9.30. Hold on. Let's okay. Three outs away. Okay they just moved the game to fs2 unreal we talked about that and then i'm trying to change channels that was my response (laughs) this is real i love live shows i'm telling you exactly what happened at 11.04 at 10.04 he writes to me they just moved the game to fs2 unreal i responded at 10.05 i'm trying to change the channels keep in mind i'm david so i've got the remote i'm trying to figure out how to get to fs2 great nothing until 10:23 the mets are effing cursed my response immediately at 10:23 was why because i'm a little behind coca and he responds also at 10:23 edwin diaz heard celebrating and i respond omg just seen i am behind you you just saw a little insight into the amazingly intellectual discourse between me and coca during games and while we're doing stuff thinking about the show and then we go on and talk about how wow this is going to lead off the show get rid of what we were going to have lead off which was aaron Rodgers, and start talking about edwin diaz so edwin diaz is hurt everyone's waving in for the dugout the trainer comes out he's on the ground I'm thinking, oh, he got the wind knocked out of him. Oh, he got hit in the head. He got elbowed in the eye. My first thought was a little cut in the eye, right? When you're celebrating, sometimes when players are celebrating a little ankle sprain, sometimes they hit the bottom of their chin when they're jumping up and down and they bite their tongue, a a stitch here, a stitch there, a stitch everywhere in time. No, he's on the ground looking very strange to me. And then people are on one knee like it's a football game. Out comes trainers, in goes Diaz, wheelchair, up a ramp that was necessary when the building was built. Can we do a quick side note, Coco? I'm sorry, but I have to. When Marlins Park was being built, it has to be ADA accessible, which it should be. And we had to put ramps in places because not just in the stands for wheelchair access, but also for dugout in case a manager or a player was in a wheelchair. And that was one of the requirements. So, of course, we're going to do that. So there's a ramp right to the home plate side of the visiting dugout, and that ramp goes up and directly accesses the tunnel where the visiting clubhouse is. There's also a ramp to get down to the home dugout from the clubhouse, and there's stairs involved on that side of the ballpark, just how the land is and how construction was. But there's a machine, a wheelchair machine, in the dugout to get you from the dugout to the field in case that's required. So the wheelchair takes him out. His brother, who pitches for the Reds, I believe, Edwin Diaz, his brother, Alex- Alexei, Alexi, Alexis, Alex, something diaz is crying visibly crying dominican republic players are still on the top step not watching the celebration out of concern for their friend edwin diaz the players of puerto rico who were celebrating one second earlier now they're not talking they have a look as though they they just lost a parent i've never seen the thrill of victory go to the agony of defeat that fast in the same moment and I've seen celebration injuries. I've seen knees get absolutely torched in celebrations, including you, Chris Coughlin. Was it his knee or his ankle, something? We've seen players get hurt. We've actually talked about celebrations inside the clubhouse, trying to understand how to avoid celebration injuries. D. Gordon was a big fan of celebrating and doing something with the basketball and dunking on players and climbing up. And I always got worried about his knee or his ankle landing. We always tried to curb the celebration, but that just made us like Ernie the Grump. Didn't wanna be that guy. I don't wanna be the Grinch who stole happiness. This was a moment that when you plan the WBC The commissioner is sitting there and he's taking a victory lap and the victory lap ended up in the sewer because the minute Edwin Diaz got hurt, the commissioner was on the phone. He's on the phone to his baseball operations people. He's on the phone to the labor people. He is understanding by dealing with the PR people. What do we have to do? We have got to get out there the following. We have to get out there that WBC is not being canceled. We have to get out there that Puerto Rico is going to the quarterfinals. We have to get out there that the likelihood of injury of Edwin Diaz during a celebration is no different than a spring training arm injury during a bullpen on a backfield. Injuries are part of the game. The problem is Rob, the commissioner of baseball, knows that Steve Cohn and many of the other owners are not going to look at it that way. They are not gonna approach this with any sort of rational thought. Instead, they are gonna call for an end to the World Baseball Classic. They're gonna call for keeping their players away if they've just signed new free agent deals. They are gonna find some rules that they want implemented that will further dilute the possibility of players playing. Steve Cohen isn't worried about the $20 million to Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz is insured by virtue of appearing in the WBC. If he cannot play this year because of the WBC, his salary will be paid by MLB. Steve Cohn will have the money if he chooses to reallocate it or if he wants to just keep it. Whatever the case is, his cash outlay just went down by $20 million. And he doesn't care. If I'm the GM of the Mets, I'm calling up Steve Cohn and I'm saying, listen, we can't afford anything else. Can we at least speak to Francisco and see if he wants to leave? Speak to Pete, see if he wants to leave. If they don't, can we caution them to be careful? No, I would say to the owner. There's no being careful when it comes to a fluke injury. It just happens. For every celebration, there is not a concomitant injury. For every pitch thrown, there is not a likelihood of an arm injury. Every stolen base doesn't lead to a hamstring pull. When injuries happen, people tend to say, I told you so. Look, this is what we expected. We are cursed. I can't believe this. Even the competitors in the National League East don't want to see Edwin Diaz go down like that. Nobody does. The WBC is not going to be canceled. It's not going to be dead. People were texting me, is this the end of the WBC? No. When you've got money involved, when you've got a contract involved, when you are building the international footprint of your game, when you look at what happened during the first three hours of that night, when you realize that the players care more in many instances about the WBC than even the MLB season, It is not being canceled because of a fluke fluke injury. So let's eliminate that. Two, will it change the eligibility rules? Will it give players an opportunity to potentially decide who gets to play, who doesn't get to play? No, it's not going to change that either. Will it change what players do after winning a quarterfinal game, or a pool game like this, or a semifinal game? No, it will not. The sad reality is that the Mets are simply unlucky, that Edwin Diaz is unlucky, period. That's all, and that's okay. It doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it feel better for anybody waking up this morning, and my last point about Edwin Diaz is this. The Mets announced yesterday that there was a right leg injury and they'll have more information at a later date when appropriate. Part of what we built at Marlins Park was an x-ray machine. There's an x-ray machine right next to the home clubhouse unless Jeter removed it. There is no question as a Met president, I am getting his x-ray last night after the game and I am not waiting to put him in the MRI tube until today. The MRI hospital where we go as Marlins players is five minutes from Marlins Park. It is a 24-hour hospital. I want the images. I want my team doctor looking at them. I want to know I am not willing to wait. Don't give me the BSO. Oh, it's swollen. They're going to let the swelling go down. Uh, it's no problem. Let's send him home. We'll wrap it, send him home, and we'll bring him to the hospital the next day, meaning today, for MRI. If it's a scrub, a 26th man, a guy that I don't care much about, definitely. I'm not gonna make someone come in during the off hours. If it's my star closer, you can bet your bippy that I'm having the MRI right then and there and I'm getting the results immediately. I'm not gonna tell anyone. We're gonna still release the same thing to the public, which is, hey, we don't know. We're waiting for results. It's my favorite expression from Nothing Personal when people have MRIs or x-rays. The team is awaiting for results and will have no further comment until such results are received. Horse hockey, they get the results that second. Literally that second. The Mets are just unlucky. They signed a great, my, one of my favorite free agent deals was Jose Quintana. I wanna do a quick shout out to Jose. There was a lesion on his rib. We thought that it was a fracture. That what was being reported was a stress fracture. It turns out to be a lesion. It is benign. Thank God. All of that said, there is going to have to be some sort of bone graft surgery. They're going to have to remove it. The Mets announced that their pitcher is not going to be back for three months. Here's the thing about a rib injury and a surgery like that is that Quintana is going to be out for longer. They're saying maybe July, but if you're out April, May, June, you've got to build back up as a starter. They could put him in the bullpen, depending on how desperate they are. They may move into the bullpen now that Edwin Diaz is hurt. But I just wanted to give a shout-out to Jose Quintana. Thank God that it's benign. Good luck with recovery. He is such a good guy, such a good guy when I had the chance to meet him. Wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. If it does, we'll revisit it. If it doesn't, we'll revisit it. I have a double wait to see today. Not getting any attention was Freddie Freeman of Canada being pulled out of the game for a hamstring injury. This is the Dodgers' Best hitter, one of an MVP candidate, maybe the best player in baseball, certainly in the top five in all of baseball that people don't talk enough about. He hurt his hamstring. The Dodgers can't be very happy about that. Hamstrings are tough. They called it a minor injury. They pulled him out the minute he complained of tightness. But here's the thing about a hamstring the minute you complain of something hurting, that's too late. It means it got hurt. So wait to see the following two things. One, Freddie Freeman will not be in the opening day lineup for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Hamstrings are so difficult, and you've got to rest them. If you come back too early, they are risking the Dodgers are, and Freddie, having that bother him all year long. Freddie Freeman will miss opening day for the Dodgers, another World Baseball Classic injury. The second wait to see is that Edwin Diaz is out for the season. And I say that because of my experience, not because I'm practicing medicine without a license. It's not because I want it to be the case because it's content. It's when that happens to a knee, it generally involves ACL, MCL, some sort of tear, some sort of blowout, an Achilles blowout, an ACL rip. And those things cost you more than six months. Right now, we've got April, May, June, July, August, September. Could he be back for October? They could announce that, but unlikely. Edwin Diaz will be out for the season, and it will cause a lot of angst for the commissioner's office, for Mets fans, and for Mets executives. What the Mets will not do is go sign and acquire a closer right now. The Mets will see how the season goes and they will acquire the best reliever from the worst team for the deadline. So just be aware. Okay. Let's take a break right now. So Coca just told me we've been doing this for 25 minutes. I thought it was only 18 because I'm used to recording at eight and we started a bit earlier. Sorry about that, Coca. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to review a. TV show that you told me to watch, which I did. And then we have to answer a question that you asked about John Morant. We will be right back. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SAMSON. New customers can bet five bucks Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
0: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code balance10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at com forward slash balance. Magnesium breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.
1: Welcome back to Nothing Personal. It's David Sampson. Thank you so much for rating, reviewing, subscribing, doing all the things you do that make nothing personal what it is. I watch a movie every day, keep giving me suggestions. One of you told me to watch the Pez Outlaw. The Pez Outlaw is a mini series on a channel. I don't know what it is. I assume Netflix. It is a short series, maybe three parts, three episodes. This is an absolutely true story about a man, a crazy guy. Pez, do you know the candy? Did you know there's an entire underground army of people who collect Pez dispensers? They've got shows where you travel around in conventions where they're selling PEZ dispensers. And this is the story about a guy who was the biggest PEZ collector dispenser, and then all of a sudden had a falling out and started his own sort of competitive PEZ dispensary. My guess is that was not the only dispensary that this guy visited. And he and his son form a duo And they become a competitor to Pez and the company that makes it. It's got intrigue. It's got spies. It's got violence. It's got insanity. It's got a guy who looks like he was in ZZ Top, who is the most loving man, great husband, part of the most unusual story about Pez. The reason it's called the Pez Outlaw is he was targeted by the company that makes Pez to be put out of business for what he did with Pez. It's insanity. I would suggest a double feature of Half-Baked and then the Pez Outlaw. And I would make sure that you may do a little refresher prior to episode one of the Pez Outlaw because that will enhance your viewing experience. And speaking of Half-Baked, Coca... You know what I want. I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Get in my Twitter, David P. Samson, ask me a question. And we may do it on the show if it's timely and if it interests me. David, this was such an easy one. I love this. Can you explain the John Morant situation? Thank you. Now, part of me was a tiny bit cynical saying, did this person pay attention to the last few shows? But then I realized there's an update. John Morant, the Memphis Grizzly player who checked into counseling in Florida, who has been away from his team in Memphis, the guy who was making it rain in the strip club, the guy who was brandishing a gun on Instagram Live, the guy who Memphis Grizzlies said be away from the team for two games, now four games, now an indefinite period of time. John Morant had to go to the principal's office yesterday. He went to New York to meet with Adam Silver, and the commissioner of basketball. And after the meeting, it was announced by the NBA that Ja's conduct was irresponsible, reckless, and potentially very dangerous. It also has serious consequences given his enormous following and influence, particularly among young fans who look up to him. Stop. If you are about to talk about Ja Morant differently than you're going to talk about Myers Leonard or about any other player who's involved in any sort of event and Myers Leonard that was the ethnic slur and he's completely recuperated he's now a player rehabilitated himself he would just signed a a deal with the Bucks for the rest of the season and I spoke to a friend in Milwaukee he's been great in Milwaukee and he actually followed through realized his mistake don't say what John Morant did with a gun is only bad because John Morant is so famous why would that be part of a statement I don't care if you're the 15th man on an NBA roster. I don't care if you're an executive in the marketing department. I don't care if no one's ever heard of you. If you're brandishing a gun on Instagram Live, it is serious and it has consequences. Adam Silver said he has expressed sincere contrition and remorse for his behavior. I hate that in statements and here's why. When you're called in, unless your name is Kyrie Irving, who doesn't express sincere contrition and remorse? And then Kyrie does once you start taking his money away. Ja has made it clear that he has learned from his incident. We all say we've learned from our incident. He understands his obligations and responsibility to the Grizzlies and the broader NBA community. I can't. This is more serious. This is about a player who had it all who in theory was in the process of throwing it away, who was having mental health issues for sure. Was it drug issues? Was it mental health issues? What caused him to go into counseling? Was it the, hey, I got caught cheating. I'm a sex addict. I'm gonna to go to rehab. Are these people who want to get better or are these people who are doing it for the sole purpose that he got caught? John Morant has had fights with 17-year-old kids purportedly, though he claims that we don't know the truth threatened fans on Twitter, had that on-court issue with Shannon Sharp, I could go on. The John Morant situation is serious. The mental health problems that John Morant have are serious. The lack of responsibility that he feels, the people he surrounds himself with, whatever the case may be, there is a problem. And it was announced yesterday that the NBA is suspending him eight games time served for the games he's missed by being suspended by Memphis and none of that is what mattered to me what mattered to me is that it was announced that John Morant had checked out of the facility in Florida in some Joel Osteen produced miracle John Morant got cured in 24 to 48 hours It is so insulting to those people who have mental health issues, for those people who actually need and want to get better, but need time. You find me one mental health coach, one real psychologist, who can tell you that the problems affecting John Morant got cured in one day, and I'll find you someone who got the diploma out of a Cracker Jacks box. It's not even worthy of the word horse hockey. It's too serious for that. Adam Silver's trying to make sure everything's okay. Get him ready for the playoff push. He understands. They gave Ja talking points for an exclusive interview with Jalen Rose. And boy, his talking points were spot on. I realize what I have to lose. And for us as a group, what we have to lose. It's pretty much just being more responsible, more smarter, and staying away from all the bad decisions. I feel mentally good. Like I haven't been in many years since I really got dropped into the league, he continued. I'm in a space where I'm very comfortable. Here's the sentence that just set me off. I took those days to be able to learn how to pretty much be there for myself and learn different ways to manage stress in a positive way. Give me the number of that facility because I'm checking in right now. Can I get it done in a weekend so I can be back Monday and feel ship shape, tip-top, good as new? His advisors told him to say that? I wish Kevin Love would call him, tell him how insulted he is. Kevin Love, who is made mental health front and center, who's acknowledged the issues that he's had, how long it takes to deal with it, the fact that it's an ongoing issue always. I took those days. It's total poppycock. You want me to explain the John Morant situation? I'll explain it. Adam Silver's weak. John Morant is not rehabilitated. Memphis Grizzlies wanted him back. They said, hey, Ja, we're slapping you on the hand. Do me a favor. Don't borrow someone's gun. Get rid of any guns you have. I can't tell you who not to hang out with, but can you please try not to hang out with the people you're hanging out with? And if so, make better decisions. Okay. All of a sudden, the 23-year-old John ja Moran, who has more money than you can count, is going to look and say, got it. I'm all good. Eight game suspension for detrimental conduct. Give me a break. I'm cured. Nothing personal pick of the day. The Memphis Grizzlies had to play without John Morant. Do you remember what I told you about the nothing personal pick of the day, by chance? When I said the Heat, three and a half over the Grizzlies? Do you have any recollection of what I said, that it's really going to be Easy for the Grizzlies to play one game without him, but then they're going to realize they have to play multiple games without him. Well, guess what? They lost to the Heat. Got crushed. We are 36-36. and My pick of the day for today is a good one. The Denver Nuggets are favored by 13 points over the Detroit Pistons in Detroit, and here's why we're laying the points. The reason we have the Nuggets minus 13 is this. Brendan Malone, their coach of the top team in the Western Conference, called out his team. The players called out their team and said, we are coasting. We are not playing well. We are taking it for granted. Do you know what happens in baseball when a team runs away with the division and then gets upset in the first round because they lose the edge? And you have a team that's hot going into the playoffs and people always say, Be the hot team. Don't be the team that won 110 games and won your division by 20 games. Get in there by the skin of your teeth, clinching on the last weekend of the season, and then go start the playoffs immediately. The Nuggets have known they're going to have the number one seed. They've got a comfortable lead. They're so good with Nikolo Jokic, likely winning his third straight MVP. Brendan Malone realized that this was the time to get the players refocused. So he calls him out in public in what I consider to be a calculated move by the Nuggets organization. The players had to acknowledge the truth of that statement, which they did. The Detroit Pistons, sadly, are going to be on the wrong side of this. I expect the Nuggets to win by at least 20 points tonight in Denver. In uh, Detroit, excuse me. And please make sure that Marie and Nicola are playing. Nuggets minus 13 over pistons. So Pat McAfee has a big show. I quite am proud of what he has done. It's pretty cool. Former punter, bet on himself, started his own media conglomerate, works extremely hard. Ninety-nine point seven percent of the time he's working. Has Aaron Rat Rogers on as a consistent guess. Coca had it nailed with all this Aaron Rodgers stuff. He said, Aaron Rodgers is gonna announce something on McAfee. Great for ratings, great for downloads, great for streams. Happens to be on the day that there's a rumor that McAfee may break his deal with FanDuel, his $30 million per year deal, and find more money somewhere else. Must've had an opt-out, who knows. Aaron Rodgers gets on the show and announces, this is almost too surreal to be true, announces that he's going to play for the New York Jets. Hi, my name's David Sampson, the host of Nothing Personal. And starting on Monday, I am going to play for Metal Ark, right? Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. You can't just announce what you're going to do. It doesn't work that way. Aaron Rodgers is part of Green Bay he's a Packer he's not a free agent you can't just say I'm playing for the New York Jets I told you on this show he was going to be a Jet and he was done being a Packer but you don't say it publicly you look like an A-Rod and why would you want to screw your new team Told you yesterday what I would do if I were the Green Bay Packers. And now that Aaron Rodgers has said it, I am doubling down. I'm calling up Joe Douglas and Woody Johnson. I'm saying, hi, my name's Mark Murphy. I'm the president and CEO of the Green Bay Packers. And we would like three first round picks if you want Aaron Rodgers. Thank you. If the Green Bay Packers don't pillage the Jets and win this trade outright, then the Green Bay Packers are not paying attention. Because it's not as though that it is a huge financial difference. When it comes to cap space, there is a great financial benefit to not paying him his salary, that is true. But remember, they're not answering to actual shareholders. If you own a share of the Green Bay Packers, you have no vote, no say, no nothing. Frame it, put it on the wall, or put it in your bathroom and use it as toilet paper. People say that Green Bay is a publicly held company. It's got a board of directors. They make the decisions. You have zero voting shares, zero, none. You can go to a meeting if you want and get a piece of cheese. Why do the Packers have to do anything for the Jets? They don't. If I'm Woody Johnson of the New York Jets and I flew all the way to California to meet with this guy, I'm saying, do me a favor, play it cool. We're trying to trade for you. The Packers have made it clear they're moving on from you. They're going to be playing Jordan Love as the starting quarterback. But don't do anything that would hurt our chance to acquire you. Just shut the yapper. But Aaron Judge couldn't, Aaron Judge, 4869. But Aaron Rodgers couldn't. Could not help himself. He had to make it clear that he's made no demands for the Jets to sign players. He had to make it clear that Adam Schefter doesn't know what he's talking about and had to publicize the fact that Adam Schefter, when asked and texted Aaron what's happening, was told to lose his number. Had to make it clear that he is committed to Pat McAfee or committed to controlling his own narrative. Is he that dumb? And I don't like criticizing people's intelligence. I don't like any sort of talking down about a person who I don't know only by reputation. But I'll tell you, I'm one degree away from people who know him. What's going through a player's mind other than hubris, ego, narcissism, when they go on a show and say something like that? I was just curious. Do you think the Jets called him after and were absolutely pissed off? No, they don't have the guts to do it. Do they have the guts to overpay? The fan base has to get Rodgers now. They want him for whatever reason. It's not like you're acquiring Mahomes or Burrow or Lamar Jackson. You're acquiring a 39-year-old who, in theory, the reason, the odds of the Jets, and you're going to see this on all the shows, You'll see it on CBS and everywhere else. They'll give you the sportsbook odds. The Jets' odds to win the title have decreased since the rumor of Aaron Rodgers coming to the Jets. They're now plus 1,400. They were plus five grand, whatever they were. Maybe it will go down to plus 13, plus 12. That's because people are homies and they love the Jets and they're betting the Jets thinking he's the savior. I already gave you the weight to see that they're not going to make the playoffs and I gave you the weight to see he's going to be a Jet. But now I'm concerned that I'm wrong. Because what if the Packers say to themselves, what if they say, you know what? Screw them. We're going to have them hold the clipboard. It is going to be incredibly fascinating to watch. I'm not even picking up the phone to call the Jets if I'm the Packers. The Jets have to come to me now. That's easy negotiation, easy tactics. Aaron Rodgers blew it. The Jets have no leverage. They will overpay for Aaron, both financially and in trade capital. And the Packers will laugh all the way back to contention and figure out whether Jordan Love is worthy of an extension, which is what they were trying to do anyway. It's working perfectly for the Packers. And Aaron Rodgers totally screwed it up. But it was good for ratings. All right, NCAA tournament. I don't like this first four out, last four in. Everyone's playing for a, everyone's. It's just adding extra games. Why not just go full World Cup and increase the number of teams from 64 to 68 to 69 to 84 to 102? Just put everyone in. Why should there be any snubs? Anyone who has a chance, lace them up. Hubert Davis, you're in. Jonathan Holloway, Bruckers, you're in. Everybody's in. No problem. Sixteen plays sixteen, but then an eleven plays at four in and an out. Whatever. People have been asking me about the MPDS brackets every year with CBS. We've done a bracket pool and we've had a big reward for the people who wins. We are not doing a bracket pool this year because I'm out of rewards. I'm out of prizes. No, I'm just kidding. We are not doing about the last part. We are not doing a bracket pool this year, but I have a commitment that is not even a way to see because it's a guarantee. Next year, when we do the bracket pool, it's going to be epic. You better believe it. And it's all part of my overall theory, along with Coca, that it's just business. Have a great day. This is Nothing Personal.